This is a Triple J podcast. Hey, how's it going? This is the Shake Up on Hack. I'm Dee Salmon, filling in for Dave Marchese, and I hope you're well and ready to chat about some of the big stories of the week. Here's what's coming up. Hack. $7.50 per $100 you pay. Every single cent will go to build more houses and maintain houses. You know how we all hope that this divorce wouldn't be messy? Um, This is now a war. Everyone told me they love Australians here. You'll get a job so easy. And that just wasn't the case. On Triple Jack. Have you noticed a lot of people seem to be breaking up at the moment? First, it was OnlyFans star Anna Paul and Glenn, and then it was Hugh Jackman who split with his wife of nearly 30 years. And this week, the Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner divorce has been getting so messy. I don't know about you, but I literally died over the Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner uh, hanging out photo. So we're going to chat about why we're so obsessed with celebrity breakups a bit later. But if you've recently split with your partner, let me know on 0439 Has it been amicable or have things things got pretty ugly? First, though, I want to meet. I want you to meet the Shake Up crew. We've got creator and housing advocate Jack Tui. Hello, hello. Jack. Hello, Thanks hello. Uh, first time on Hack. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm looking at um, a cool photo of Flume and his um, his guys from the Like Aversion, um, and so I'm feeling good. That's feeling jazzed. Very Triple J Studios. Um, we've also got Iza Shekovsky. She's a journalist from the Today Show. Iza, what's been happening? What's been happening? So much, actually. I feel like this is the busiest time of year in Melbourne, and that's maybe why everyone is sick as well. I know. I was going to say, you literally said to me just before that you've just <laughs> finished up antibiotics. You've been sick too? Just divine. Been travelling right around Australia and back home on the antibiotics. But you know what? I'm feeling good. And you know what? I've got to give a bit of a shout out. This one's to you, Alex. Go pies. <laughs> there you go. Good to see that you're feeling better and you're ready to hit the MCG straight after the show. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into it. Hack. I don't expect everybody to be supportive of this. We think this should be applied equally across any type of accommodation booking. On Triple J. So this week, the Victorian government announced that they're introducing a 7.5% levy on Airbnbs, which is basically a tax. It's to try and fix the housing crisis. And Premier Dan Andrews said that they'll put the money towards building social and affordable housing. There's been a lot of talk that other states around the country might do the same and follow suit. But will it actually work? Or will we end up just paying a lot more for our holidays? Hack. Victoria will introduce the nation's first statewide levy on short-stay rentals and holiday homes like Airbnb and stays. It's only fair that a modest charge on that type of housing contributes to properties that are available for the long-term rental market. If people have to absorb a 7.5% tax, they'll reconsider how long they're staying. A three or four-night stay will become a two-night stay. At 7.5%, we think that's too high. It's out of whack with other jurisdictions and other locations around the world. Given we've got a housing crisis that we need to solve, how we fund that moving forward is pretty important. On Triple J. I want to know what you think about this. What do you reckon about this tax? Is it too much? Is it too little? Airbnb responded to the levy and said that 7.5% was too high and would give hotels a free kick. If you had to pay more to stay at an Airbnb, would you stay at a hotel instead? You can call in on 1300 5536 or you can message in as well on 0439 757 555. 
Let's ask the Shake Up crew, creator and housing advocate Jack Tui, journalist from the Today Show, Isa Shikoski. Um, Jack, I feel like you have a lot to say on this <laughs> news. Um, I reckon just let it rip. What do you think about this levy? Ah, uh, look, I think it's just middling around the edges. We're not really fixing the problem. We're just talking about these things that um, kind of are on the fringes of this issue. Um, they're talking about using this levy, which, yeah, ultimately it's going to cost holiday goers the money. I don't think the people owning the Airbnbs are really going to not pass on this 7.5% um, increase to the consumers, to the holiday goers, but also then using that to then fund um, building these social houses, houses, I was looking at the numbers of how many houses they're planning to build. They're replacing the 44 housing um, uh, public housing buildings uh, by 2051 with a 10% increase on the current capacity, which is 10,000. So they're building 1,000 more homes when the current uh, the current demand across the nation is 216,000. So, and that's by 2051. Mm, and this was announced as well. All this um, levy will come into place from 2025. Do you think it's something that they should be looking at doing now? Like, should Victorian government be putting the tax towards um, social and affordable housing from the tax that we're already paying rather than this levy that'll go towards Airbnbs and short-stay accommodation? Yeah, well, that's what taxes are for. Um, so, I, th- I, I mean, I, one of the pre- like, I made a video about presenting some some solutions to the housing crisis, and public housing is one hundred percent one of the, like the, the the main things that we mm. need. Way more public housing, um, but also I did propose the idea of putting forward a housing levy in the same way we have the Medicare levy. Um, and yeah, that is an- another tax, but you know that's what tax money is for. It's to, to to provide a safety net for the general population. In the same way, we have hospitals and schools. We need to have public houses. And if we had you know ha- hospitals and schools um, being so much of the private market, in the same way that we have housing, well, we'd be in the same problem with those um, kind of with education and with with hospitals. And that wouldn't be really good for anyone. So it's weird that we're still thinking that we can do this for housing. Isa, what are your thoughts on this when you heard the news this week? I think that the way it was framed by the state government was this whole like focus on Victorians, not people coming for a holiday, which I think was a nice way to spin it. But then altogether, it is quite ambitious. And when Jack's talking about crunching those numbers, like, yeah, when you do look at those numbers, it sounds great, but then it's not really solving problems today. And right now in Victoria, right across Australia, there are so many people who are struggling with rent, who are struggling to get into the market, who, you know, might want to have another kid or something and can't get that larger house or all those kind of issues. So it's complicated and I think as well when you wrap it up with this really tricky language, people just go, I'm not really sure what's going on but I know I'm struggling. So I think conversations like this are great to keep on having that conversation so people are aware of what's happening and maybe if a tax is the right call, if that does create that, you know, more housing for people, cool. I think another problem though in Victoria is that we don't have enough tradies, we don't have enough supply of materials, so it's this ambitious target. How is it actually going to happen and is it going to be another cost blowout? You're listening to The Shake Up on Hack. Uh, I'm here with Isa and Jack and yeah, we're talking about the new uh, Victoria announcement, Victoria government announcement this week that they're going to put in place a 7.5 levy on accommodation, short-stay accommodations like Airbnb. Um, We'd love to hear what you think about this on zero. 
0439 Kia in Nam says, taxing Airbnbs will only be passed on to the consumer and doesn't fix the problem. There should be a cap on just how many investment properties people can own. That is the crux of the issue. And April from Melbourne saying, my mum runs a small business through renting Airbnbs. Her business is now going to suffer as a result of this change. Jack, you do a lot of um, videos on your Instagram about uh, public housing and social housing. The thing that came out with this announcement is that they're putting the tax towards social and affordable housing, which isn't public housing. Uh, There's a difference. Well, you have a lot of feelings about this. Talk us through it. Yeah, I mean, with all the all of the talk around housing at the moment in the last kind of um, eighteen months um, around the housing crisis, has been talking about social and affordable housing. Housing, and you know that sounds nice, but social is an umbrella term for public and community houses. Uh, public housing is is state run, publicly owned housing. Community housing is run by not for profits. Some of that is subsidised by the government. The rest of it, they need private donations to operate. Um, and then affordable housing. <laughs> affordable to who there's no clear definition of what affordable housing is usually it's something to do with um being around the median of market rate or something 30 percent of the median of the market rate which means half the population like already <laughs> we already have a housing affordability prices and when you're talking about medians then you, you're just cutting half of the population out straight away so um yeah it's important that we talk about public housing in my view like public housing is we own it as a, people have this kind of distrust of government and that's understandable given kind of a lot of the problems that we've had with governments in the past. But, but it's, it's important to remember that public housing is owned by us. We own that as the people that pay tax in Australia and, and we've constantly in the last 40 years just been not replacing <laughs> enough public houses, um, not even keeping up with demand. We've just been as, as houses as they do come out of the market, they, they, um, they deteriorate we're not replacing them so again that's that's assets that we as the public owned and now we don't and that means you know house prices are skyrocketing Mm. Isa, you um, obviously been following the news. Uh, Airbnb put out a statement this week saying that the levy is too high. Mm. Um, that was kind of their statement, and they said that hotels will get a free kick from this tax. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Do you think that will move to hotels if you are someone who's going to holiday in an Airbnb? Will you now choose a hotel over an Airbnb? I think that shift is already happening. I think there are a lot of people who are going, okay, I'm going somewhere. Airbnb was kind of like Uber, that it was new, cool and whatever. But now you're seeing all these, you know, ridiculous cleaning and this and that and whatever and it gets complicated. So I think a lot of people are going back to the luxury of the hotel that there's a pool and there's a gym and there's some food and it's exciting. I think Airbnb works really well for a big group. Um, But I guess it depends on the holiday that you're going on. But you know what? Yeah, probably it is giving a free kick to hotels. I um, recently went to Darwin and chose to stay in a hotel over um, short stay accommodation. And yeah, it was exactly what you said. Like it was the pool, it was the room service, <laughs> it was the huge TV. And I was like, forgot, like how great this is. Um, on 0439757555, someone here says, Airbnb already has obnoxious prices. Mm. Hosts set cleaning fees and they ask you to start a load of washing before you leave. <laughs> Bring your own towels and so on. Chuck on the levy, I say. Um, <laughs> hotels are the better option now because hosts, ho- hosts are leeches and taking up the market for ridiculous fee with no service to return. Um, very strong feelings. But, yeah, I swear there's um, a lot of sometimes in the clause when you, like, stay at a short stay, they're mm. like, oh, bring your own sheets and your pillows. And <laughs> and it used to be like, and here's breakfast and everything, and now it's kind of like here's some crusty Vegemite. <laughs> 
not fun. Um, before we wrap up, Jack, I feel like this is going to be hard for you to kind of summarise really quickly, <laughs> but you do a lot of videos on your socials about the, hu- uh, the housing crisis. Where do you feel like the solution lies if it isn't in government's taxing short-stay accommodations? I mean, yeah, the solution is, like, undoubtedly in my mind, using tax money to build public housing um, and yeah, I think maybe there is something, something to be said about Airbnbs and returning them to the rental market. And I don't think this, this tax, sorry, this uh, levy will, will be the thing that gets those houses onto the rental market. That's a way of really getting like quickly getting rentals onto the market. But ultimately we just, it's a long term. There's no short term fix. This is, a, this is something that's happened, deteriorated over 50 years. It's going to take us longer than 50 years to fix it, unfortunately. On 0439757555, Lucas from Temple Style says there should be some sort of vacancy tax on empty properties. Uh, you are listening to Hack on Triple J. This is The Shake Up. Dee Salma with you. I'm feeling in for Dave Marchese and I normally present the hookup on Triple J so you know that I'm very excited to chat <laughs> about this next topic. Hack. Two celebrities, two young kids, different jurisdictions. No surprise, it's a big battle. On Triple J. Yeah, I saw a post this morning in my feed saying that it was uncuffing season uh, and it seriously feels like it is because so many people are breaking up right now. The world's heart broke when OnlyFans star Anna Paul posted her and Glenn were splitting up recently and I think we were all shocked when Hugh Jackman and his wife Deborah Lee Furness announced their divorce after 27 years of marriage. It's also been an absolute roller coaster trying to keep up with all the drama around US singer Joe Jonas and Game of Thrones actor Sophie Turner this week. Hi, Joe Jonas and his divorce with Sophie Turner keeps getting messier and messier. Sophie Turner is alleging that Joe Jonas is illegally keeping her kids from her. Joe Jonas is now responding saying Sophie Turner crossed the line. Joe filed for divorce earlier this month after four years of marriage. This is a picture of Taylor getting dinner with Sophie Turner last night. I don't know what Miss Swift said to Miss Sophie Turner at this dinner. She's stepping out with thick as thieves with his ex-wife. Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife. On Triple Jack. Oh, God, as a Swifty. Um, the divorce between Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner apparently got uglier overnight. As you heard, Sophie is now suing Joe, saying he needs to return their two kids' passport so she can take them to the UK where she wants to live with them. And a few nights ago, she went out to dinner with his ex-girlfriend, Taylor Swift. The photo literally broke the internet. Um, their divorce has been all over the news when I kind of feel like no one really cared about them that much as a couple to begin with which makes me think about celebrities splitting up and why we're all so invested in it. Uh, It seriously seems like some people are just so obsessed, you know, they're sitting there with their popcorn. I feel like if that's you listening right now and you get really invested in celebrity breakups... Can you please tell me why? Um, you can call in on 1300 zero, uh, 5536 and message in on 0439 Also, if you've gone through a breakup recently, was it amicable? I feel like people go from, you know, being so in love to then plotting revenge so quickly. Well, let's ask the Shake Up team. We've got creator and housing advocate Jack Tui and journalist from the Today Show, uh, Iza Stashkovsky. Uh, Iza. <laughs> have you been obsessed with this news this week? Have you been following it? I have been following it and I think it's an interesting one because they have been so public with their relationship. They have broadcast everything. I mean, they broadcast their wedding, right? So obviously I think people are going to be interested now, but it is like watching a train 
crash. And I think the thing that I've been thinking about as well is their kids. Like one day their kids are going to Google all this and see like all of that stuff on the internet and it's kind of quite ugly for them. Yeah, completely. Um, Jack, what about you? What's your thoughts on this um, And it's, as it's been rolling out all over the news this week? Yeah, at first... Um I was thinking about the kids as well, but I think <laughs> when you bring Taylor Swift into it, um, <laughs> I think it's open game. I think it becomes public entertainment again. Um, mm. I think, yeah, it's it's sad for the kids and, you know, I think luckily for them they're too young right now to really have that, like, a comprehension of what the hell is going on. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's all worth it just for that sound grab before um, with the lyric <laughs> and <laughs> stepping out thick as thieves with your ex-wife I think is pretty perfect. Um, yes, so it's kind of, look, it sucks, but they're entertainers and I guess they're just giving us more entertainment. You're here for it, Jack. Yeah, no, Jack, <laughs> I don't think you were here, Isa. When I spoke to him today, he was like, I am a Swifty. Oh, so you were love. like, and I love that you were like, as soon as the photo came out, you were like, oh, I'm invested now. Um, <laughs> do you reckon that's when we realised it was getting petty? Because I feel like that's yep. such a petty move, don't you think? Yeah, I feel like there was some more of that toxic kind of behaviour um, earlier from, like, the media at first when they're talking about um, Sophie Turner going out one night and Joe Jonas was looking after the kids while he's on <laughs> tour and, and I feel like he's just trying to get ahead of the, the negative stories there and I think there was some probably misogyny kind of going in there that, that she couldn't... How dare she step out and go out as a mother? Um, <laughs> but I think as we've gotten more information now, it kind of seems to be you know, trouble on both sides. Not just I think one. as well, like we were saying before, it's almost like, is is it a bit of a power move? Like, have you ever wanted to get with that ex-girlfriend and go, what did you think? <laughs> it would be I would really... hate that. I would hate that. Yeah, well, like would... after a breakup, catch up with the ex and then be like, oh, you were so right about him or her. Yeah, compare notes. Um, yeah. Isa, you were saying before that you were shocked by the Hugh Jackman splitting up with his yeah. wife. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a couple that you've grown up with and they've always said such positive things about each other. And then 27 years is such a long time. So it's sad and it's also like they've kind of, they've been very private about it. I don't think we're going to get any more information, which, you know, I respect that. But yeah, you kind of go, oh, and, and what now for you? Like, are they going to move on? Like what? I don't know. It's it's mm. it's sad. It makes your heart break a little bit because if they've been together for that long and it can't work, it's love's dead. If it, it feels like when celebrities <laughs> like that, no, but exactly that sentiment. Like it feels like with celebrities like that, that people get so invested and mm. then they genuinely feel like love doesn't exist. If a couple who have been together for thirty years that they've you know really loved each other and spoken about it so publicly, um, what is it about celebrities and breakups that you think that we're so yeah like obsessed with? I guess it's someone that's in your living room right it's someone that you hear and that you know and you grow up with and you almost feel like they're a friend or a companion or something so maybe I guess you compare your life to theirs or see those similarities and then when you see that you go oh if you can't make it work Hugh Jackman like they're both incredible people is there hope for the rest of us uh, zero, yeah, I know. <laughs> zero four three nine seven five seven triple five. Someone here says, um, "Oh, about the Taylor Swift, it's a reputation Easter egg." Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh. yeah, Swifties will know what that means. Okay. Um, someone here says, "My partner of four years, uh, and we'd been friends for eighteen. Just pulled the pin over the phone." Oh no! So this goes back to what I was saying. When it comes to breakups, sometimes I feel like you can be so in love, and then when the breakup happens, things just t- turn really toxic or become really petty have either of you ever had a really super ugly breakup 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think any of my breakups have been particularly um, amicable at the time. I think yeah, it's hard. Your change. It's a massive mm-hmm. change, and we don't really go through anything like that in any of our other relationships. Um, it's very. It's very different. Like yeah, you can have a friendship breakup and stuff, but it's someone that you're spending so much time with, and then you're trying to figure out like what life looks like without them. So it can get messy very quickly. But I think you know if you're if you if you love yourself and you know how to be happy by yourself, then that makes the breakups a little bit easier, and maybe you can be amicable eventually. I, I have faith in Hugh Jackman and, and oh, I forgot his wife's ex-wife's name, Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have faith in them. Yeah, I'm clearly a massive fan of their relationship. Clearly, yeah. Um, but they always seemed like they were friends, right? They, their, their relationship was founded in a, in a clear friendship, and I think they'll go on now to be able to be friends in this different phase of their relationship but if your relationship isn't founded founded on friendship and it's just founded on i don't know lust and other things then yeah it's going to be a different kind of story i think mm, is uh what do you think about that do you think friendship first i mean you recently had a pretty amicable breakup right what was it that worked well to make it healthier than i guess a lot of breakups that happen i think that if you respect someone and you can communicate well you can have an amicable breakup i've had amicable breakups in the past like everyone i've had not great breakups either like really really terrible ones um i think it's being considered and going, you know, it hasn't worked, but there's still love there and there's still that respect and compassion and empathy. So I think it is possible um, and not, you know, not airing out dirty laundry and things like that and just having that respect and hope that other people are okay. Um, maybe it's a maturity thing. But then again, I mean, like Jack was saying, sometimes people are just emotional and mm-hmm. things happen and it can't be amicable and it does get messy. So I think maybe we all need to just forgive each other a bit and go, we're all okay, it happens, mm. and just move on. Bit of love yourself. Love yourself on a yes. Friday. Yes. Oh, my God, we 100%. love that message. Um, Sam from Sydney says, he just broke up with his partner of two and a half years, but it was amicable, and the reason they called it quits was because they couldn't agree on having kids or not. Mm. Uh, I guess when it comes to things like that, when it's more about a life course that you know, ends the relationship rather than cheating or something a bit more um, upsetting. It's easier to split amicably. Um, And someone here says, my girlfriend of seven years just broke up with me because she she figured out she was gay. Of course, we still get along because we're adults who respect each other and can communicate properly. Grow up, people. (laughs) (laughs) I love the sass on 0439757555. D Salmon with you. You're listening to The Shake Up on Hack on Triple J. And, oh, quick shout out for the hookup. We actually did a whole podcast episode on how to have a healthy breakup. So, yeah, you can go listen to that. Hack. (laughs) One of my good friends over there offered his lounge for a few days till I could figure something out. It's completely unaffordable and people need to know that before they get here. You think it's going to be easier to find somewhere when you get there and it's just not. On Triple Jack. I don't know about you, but it's always been my dream to move overseas. I've always said I wanted to maybe go to New York or maybe Berlin, uh, but I kind of feel like that dream would be, you know, so much better in my head than the actual reality of what it would be like if I made that move. And yesterday, Hack spoke to a lot of you who have been super keen to move and leave Australia, you know, see the world, make new friends, work in a super cool new place. Um, But it's been a lot harder to do than you realised. So many of you who have taken that leap are really struggling to find work and somewhere affordable to live. If you've moved overseas, maybe you're tuning in right now on the Triple J app and listening from there. How did it go? 
What was it that um, you expected and was it really hard to survive once you got there? Maybe you want to move to London or Canada or somewhere and you're really struggling to find work, trying to apply for jobs at the moment. You can call in on 1300 536 or maybe you tried it and you lived somewhere else for years and you had the best time of your life. You can also message in on 0439 I'd love to hear from you. Um, but let's chat to our Shake Up crew. We've got creator and housing advocate Jack Tui and journalist from the Today Show, uh, Isa Sikowski. Thoughts about this? Have you, Isa, have you ever moved or wanted to move overseas? Absolutely. I would love to move overseas. But I think like what you're saying, it's that kind of right time, right role. If there was a job that you could kind of go with, I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, I've moved interstate. I've moved right around the country a few times. Loved that. And I think that people should definitely do that, especially people who've grown up in Melbourne and Sydney. Great to see the rest of the country. You were saying how you were in Darwin, Darwin yeah. recently. I think it's really cool to see that our country is so diverse and so different and there's so many different places that you can see in perspectives. Um, but it's it's hard, like being in a completely different place, especially as an adult, making friends, figuring out who you are, what that means for you. But I think it does make you more resilient. Yeah. Have you found that with the moves that you've made interstate? Because you kind of, especially if you don't know anyone, you kind of have to start from scratch again. Absolutely. I moved to Cairns in my early 20s for work. And to be honest, I got offered the job and then I Googled, where is Cairns? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. And I was really like, I went there and I was like, oh my God, am I a Queenslander now? What does this mean? And it really (laughs) was a big thing for me. But then after a few weeks, I met people who were from there and they are lifelong friends now. And in working in media, I made friends pretty quickly as well. And I lent into it. I got it. I accepted it. I was doing like beach volleyball on a Wednesday night, which I was really good at, obviously. Um, But you know what? Um, Prior to doing that, I don't think I would have gone somewhere by myself. I would have gone, oh, I need to bring a friend. And then six months in, I remember driving to a dinner with people I'd met a month prior and feeling totally confident to do that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool for someone. I was like, what, 2021? Yeah. It was a really cool thing for me to grow in that way. Yeah, personal growth when you put yourself outside of your comfort zone and, you know, maybe I think when you move interstate or somewhere else, you make friends that you normally wouldn't. Totally. Um, Jack, have you ever wanted to move overseas? No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Sydney simp. So, um, I always miss the harbour and the beaches when I go yeah, yeah, away, yeah. even for a short amount of time. <laughs> so I'll always be here um, and always be advocating for Sydney. But um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm always the friend when my friends have said that they're going to move interstate or overseas that I kind of frown at them a little bit and go, <laughs> are you running away or are you moving to, to grow? And I think if you're moving to grow, then it should be hard. Um, and that's how you grow, right? So, like, I understand, you know, there's lots of cost of living uh, problems in terms mm. of, you know, globally right now. Uh, and anywhere you go, you're going to face that challenge. Um, so, but that's part of it. So I think, yeah, if you're going to move overseas, you've got to expect it to be hard i moved one street once and that was hard so it's you know <laughs> moving halfway around the world like you know of, of course that's gonna be hard so wow. do you feel like we glamour <laughs> <Sorry, that's so laughs> do you feel like we glamorize it a bit because i feel like in my head i've always been like oh new york and sex in the Welcome city like york. i could just imagine myself walking down the street but when i've gone on holiday like you kind of you have the best time there but it's not the actual reality of you know trying to find a house and slugging it through the winter and trying to find a job and that thing yeah and new york only just discovered like having putting rubbish in bins <laughs> they keep all their rubbish in bags out on the street and you, new york is like you know you see it in movies and stuff and then you get there and you're like 
it's kind of dirty. This place is, this, but there's like a there's a charm to it as well. But it's like, yeah, you gotta you gotta lean into that, um, and you gotta lean into the things that you're not used to. The water tastes that, funny. Like, <laughs> like it's no fluoride. Sure, but I feel like if you've got a niggle, like I want to do it. Are you going to be, you know, on your deathbed going, I wish I did that? Like, is it worth not just giving it a crack yeah. and then going, 100% move it back. is, but you've got to be, like, accept that it's hard. Like, that's what I mean. I accept think the rubbish. You, you've got to, yeah, accept <laughs> the rubbish. You've got to be like, you've got to lead into the, the, the fact that it's hard. You're away from all your friends. That's the other thing point. that I'm really scared of about moving away is <laughs> making friends. Because, of course, I'm going to make friends on the way. And then I'm f- forever split between two cities and I don't think I'd be able to deal with that. I'm bad at like keeping track of all my friends in Sydney as it is. Not that I have so many friends, just that I'm bad at keeping <laughs> up. Like I'm bad at just giving my mates a call, you know what I mean? Maybe um, you need a spreadsheet. And I also have heaps of friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taylor from Canberra, you moved away. Tell us what happened. Hey, so I'm a digital nomad and I spent two months in Dublin about six months ago uh, in Ireland. And because I was only there for two months, I just stayed at a hostel and rented a workspace to do my normal work. Um, but while I was in this hostel, I constantly noticed people coming in and out who were only there because they couldn't find a rental. So, like, full-time school wow. teachers who come from overseas from all sorts of countries, staying in hostels because they couldn't get a rental, um, looking for inspections, trying to find jobs, and they'd kind of turned up but didn't have the work or the place to live yet, and it's so expensive too. Um, how was your experience... Did you Mine was end fine. up? Did you um, end up moving back quite quickly? Yeah, yeah. So I came back. It, it was just a short-term trip. Yeah. Um, like five months bouncing around Europe because I have the power to because I work for myself. But I really empathise with people who need, you know, an employer for six months and a share house and can't find one because not many people can just go wherever they want or wherever they need to, depending on what's available. Mm, totally. I mean, I think that's what we were hearing yesterday on Hack, that so many people were doing that. I feel like it's such a Melbourne thing to go over to Berlin totally. and be like, oh, I'm going to live my best Berlin life. Um, and then I've had so many <laughs> friends that have come back like six months later completely broke because it just didn't live up to their expectations. But with cool pants though. Oh, I'll shop finds. <laughs> That's what we've got time for for the Shake Up on Hack today. Dee Salmon's been my name and uh, a huge thank you to creator and housing advocate Jack Tui and journalist from the Today Show, Isa Shikovsky. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hack on Triple Jack.